Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Grassroots Roundtable Podcast, a podcast that is really just a discussion between a couple of local church leaders. Today, we're going to be talking about meekness. Just give us a few minutes to get there. In the meantime, I am the A-game, Adam Bailey. I'm an elder of Grassroots Church here in the Greenbrier Valley of West Virginia, joined again, as always, by the main man himself, the lead elder of Grassroots Church, Darren Cherry. Hi. Dude, we're back. Darren, you're, you're glowing. It's, it's been a while. Three weeks. But you know what, though? I, I uh, Kudos to us. I don't know how to put that. Yeah. Like, no, you don't have to put it any other way. We didn't miss a single week. We recorded, like, accordingly with the schedule, and we haven't missed a single we week. We were responsible friends thinking about you the entire time. We and, were. Uh, I'm well, excited. You know, on vacation, though, because you went to... North Carolina, a North Carolina beach for vacation one week, and then I went to the same beach. Coincidentally, the, the day, following week. The day we left is the day y'all showed up. True. We didn't get to high-five each other on the interstate uh, like, like we expected. But I told, and I texted you. I was like, man, I miss – we talk too much. <laughs> and I, I was like, man, I, dude, I kind of miss talking. So, uh, man, I texted you like on a Wednesday. I was like, dude, I'm just, I'm just saying. Like I miss, you know uh, – it was weird, but let, hey, friends, happy to be back. Uh, hope you enjoyed those pre-recordings. Uh, I'm happy that we can be more, what's the word? Immediate. <laughs> Proactive. Yeah. Darren, how's your vacation? It was good. Uh, you and I actually talked a little bit this morning at the Bean about it, but I meant to tell you where we stayed was in like this community that in the entire community only like three of the houses are rentable. Everybody else is uh, residential. And it had its own private beach access. So our walk to the beach each day was like two minutes. And then a two-minute walk in the opposite direction put us on the intercoastal, and there was a big deck out over the water that you could go fish or just hang out. You know, so it was like it was relaxing. It was the most relaxing vacation I've had in a long time. You know, I kind of agree. I, I don't do well sitting. Or usually I don't do well. <laughs> Let me phrase it that way. Uh, sitting on a beach and doing nothing. But I don't know. This year was different. Maybe it's just finances are different. Or maybe I've just grown up as an individual. And it's like, I don't mind sitting and not doing much. Just sitting there and enjoying the beach. So I did a lot of that. It was relaxing on that regard. We didn't do too many activities, just way too many kids and so you didn't expenses. You don't read on the beach? Oh, I listen to audiobooks like crazy. I got a good one recommended by Russell Moore from the Southern Baptist Convention. Uh, there's a book about an Iranian refugee. He's like, it's autobiographical. It's called Everything Unhappy is Untrue. Oh. It's pretty good. So. I, uh, it was the Sunday we were there was Father's Day. And for Father's Day, Kelly and the boys got me a, um, wireless or a Bluetooth speaker. And so the beach chair I have has a pocket right at the head of the chair on the back. And so I would just connect my phone to that speaker and put it right back there, play my music and sit there. I always take a book to the beach. Like I don't start it until I get there. And my goal is to finish it before I leave. And I got about, I probably got about three fourths of the way there, but um, it's, that's like I spend so much time just sitting on the beach, reading, just enjoying. And we are, I think it's 
The book I was reading is the next one we as elders are going to have to read together. It's so good. Oh, what about the book I'm reading? I, what, what, it's funny. Bible? It was recommended on Twitter by Russell Moore, who heard about it from Beth Moore. <laughs> no relation. No, surprisingly. And there was a moment, because I looked at it this morning because I thought I might end up talking to you. I like to talk to you about books I read, okay? Um, I was like, wait, where did he get it from? Well, first off, I want to make sure I didn't think it was Russell Brand. Like, that'd be weird <laughs> if I got Russell Brand and Russell Moore mixed up. One Southern Baptist. Two very different perspectives right there. Hey, one's from the UK and talks a little like this. And you got to get in touch with yourself. you got to make movies and pretend to be someone else so you know yourself. We're not That's supposed to do impressions. Darn it. We're not. <laughs> Back up. Sorry, Russell Brand, if you're listening. I know you're a huge friend in this podcast. But it was not Russell Brand. It was Russell Moore who gave a shout-out to Beth Moore. But, yeah, very interesting. Like, to... We we in the West are we assume that everybody else in the world is like us here in the West that have our same norms and values and if they're not they should be exactly and you know the world has a big problem with that so you know halfway through the book one thing I've learned is like man kids are kids no matter if they're Iranian ah. children Persian American uh, Scott it doesn't matter it's like kids are kids. Uh, and life experiences like our hearts are still the same it's just funny though like all these strange words being used and they. He's from Iran, Iran originally. It's like uh, just the, the illustrations that he uses. It's so goofy but awesome. Um, good stuff. Well, it's nice to be able to put yourself in someone's shoes who I would never have an opportunity to do. I'll have to try that one. I'm actually, I'm actually reading a book by, by Russell Moore right now called The Storm-Tossed Family. Hmm. And, uh, is and that so, what you want us elders to read? No, no. The <laughs> one I just finished is the one I want us to read. It's uh, Presenting a Cross-Centered Gospel. So I appreciate Russell Moore. He's one of those. Pe- he's very smart, academic in the Southern Baptist Convention. It's tough to listen to him talk. I love though. his voice. It's so nasally. Yeah, it's and like, dude, just go clear your sinuses. I remember whenever I was applying to Southern Baptist Theological, he showed up on a lot of the promotional videos because he teaches some of the classes, and I'm immediately like, man, that nasally awesome Mississippi voice. Big fan of him, but I always like people that that know a lot, that know they know a lot, but they don't act like it. Almost like they're <laughs> meek. What? Bum, bum, bum. Dude, did you just transition us? Darren, I know you've been on vacation, so let me get you caught up. Friends, please do. Before we jump into it, give us some feedback. And trust me, we appreciate feedback, even if we don't mention something specifically here on the recording or in person. We do get it. We read it. We talk about it. Um, so anything, grassrootswv.com, Twitter, Facebook. Instagram, call, text, whatever you got to do, FaceTime. <laughs> yeah, FaceTime me. Um, we're talking about the Beatitudes, our new series. We're just going to go through the Beatitudes one by one. Um, Beatitudes are spoken by Jesus, kind of the first part of his Sermon on the Mount, really his big um, proclamation for the kingdom, like how his kingdom that is coming, it's, here, it's, it's near and it's coming, like some of the characteristics of his kingdom. So unlike man kingdom, where we assume that those that are successful are the most powerful, the prettiest people that have it all together, super powerful, the smartest people. Uh, And here comes Jesus with a radical new worldview based on his near and coming kingdom of blessed are the poor, blessed are those that mourn. And today we're talking about Another beatitude found in Matthew 5, 5. It says, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are the meek, 
but they shall inherit the earth. And we talked about meekness recently, fairly recently, by way of reference, because as you friends who are listening uh, know, we just finished up a series going through the, uh, the, the work of the flesh, or the yeah, works of the flesh and the fruit of the Spirit. And one fruit of the Spirit is gentleness, which some would interpret as meekness. So we have this idea of someone that seems meek, lowly, um, very gentle, theirs, for them, they shall inherit the earth. So not this powerful person who, you know, not who man kingdom, like who we would think would inherit and run the earth one day. Um, it's just backwards. It's upside down kingdom, as some would say. Darren, correct me. I I can't. It's, Sweet. Yeah, it was good. It's. I think that's what the... The disciples constantly asked Jesus, now will you restore, you know, Israel? Now will you, you know, basically get rid of the Romans who were under their rule and restore Israel? And he was like, my kingdom's different, my kingdom's different, my kingdom's different. And that's why you look through uh, the parables. Uh, last year, we preached through uh, a large number of, of the parables of Jesus. And the parables are always, um, the kingdom is like and he would go into what kingdom life is like and um, trying to show them in practical ways and big ways and theological ways what the kingdom of God is like. But then, even after his death, burial, and resurrection, here they come again. Now you'll restore Israel. And he's like, I, I, I don't want to sit here because obviously he's 2,000 like, years later, something happens. We're like, now we're going to restore Israel. Yeah, and and so it's like, that upside down kingdom is it just it's different and it so many people including Jesus disciples want this you know victorious king with his army wiping out evil uh restoring the kingdom to what it should be and to encourage everybody that's coming yep. you know Jesus lamb of god slain before the foundation of the earth to God's glory, to our good, coming on a white horse, victory, wiping out evil forever. It's and, coming. And it's easy to, you know, in hindsight, kind of pick on the disciples and the Pharisees because we do have the benefit of hindsight. Be like, aha, Jesus was right because they were always looking for a political or military ruler to establish a physical like nation state, if you will. So it's easy to pick on them, but you know what we do all the time as Americans, you hear, it's like, we need to go back to God. Like we need, like for some, somehow, some way, Western, I guess more like American theology is kind of the same as the Pharisees so often, instead of us praying, it's like, you know, your kingdom come, your we done. It's kind of like restore America to greatness and we'll give you all the credit for it. I read a quote this, there was a tweet uh, I came across this morning by Lecrae who said that um, if Christians were more were less concerned about our empire and more concerned about our kingdom, something to that effect. It's like we, just like the Pharisees, some of the Pharisees, just like some of the disciples, we get so wrapped up in the world's view of what is a kingdom, like what is a nation, to where we begin to pursue that instead of, well, what does Jesus have to say about it? Like what were his teachings about it? Which is a, a clarification I'd love to make. Kelly and I were talking about this week. Uh, 
Um, my favorite holiday of the entire year, 4th of July. Absolutely. I concur. I love the 4th of July. Here's why. Wait, can I guess? Can I guess? Oh, please. Man, what's not to like about the 4th of July? It's uh, the middle of summer. It's really hot outside. Who doesn't like hot weather in the summer? It's the way it's supposed to be. And you know what that means? You can go outside. You can go to hot dogs. Think about all the different types of food you can cook on this holiday. You can have barbecue. You can have chicken. You can have hot dogs. And at the end of the day, you can big boom booms. Who doesn't like some big boom booms that are colorful? And uh, you can you know put a blanket out. You don't even have to go somewhere to watch fireworks because everybody is on the same page throughout the country. You put out a blanket in the backyard and... Um, and yeah, and go America. So yes, I, everybody that knows me knows summer, summer is my favorite season. I love the heat. It cannot get hot enough for me. Um, I absolutely love hanging out with friends and family. And so typically on a holiday like 4th of July, you get together, uh, with friends or family and just hang out. I love I love cookout food. So hamburgers, hot dogs, you know, barbecue chicken, um, macaroni salad, potato salad, baked beans, deviled eggs. Uh, you know, just I love cookout food, and so we, you cook out. But them two guys. Just bring that trailer over here. Oh, my God. Is goodness. that what we're Them two brothers? <laughs> them two brothers. Yeah, oh, thank man. You. That's some good stuff. And, and I do. I love fireworks, and I love, I love America. I love Americana. Um, I love our nation, uh, you know, and I always say it's good and bad. I understand both, uh, but I do love living in our nation. I do love America. Um, I still think to this day that we have the prettiest flag. Uh, I love our flag. And, and so, like, it looks good on my swim trunks, too. Hey, listen, I, you know, represent. But um, so I love the 4th of July. Like, to me, there's nothing about it not to love. And I was so thankful. Sunday, overcast and rainy. Tuesday, had some rain. Monday, 4th of July, sunny, hot, beautiful. So this is what I'm hearing. Jesus on the, you know, on the right hand of God opens the clouds to watch the fireworks too. I, I tell you. It is that what a, you're saying? I recognize <laughs> common grace and the good gifts from the Lord. And it was, Do you think any other country would celebrate 4th of July just because? I did, like. No, you know, we do we celebrate the independence of other countries? We, do, we like we'll celebrate Cinco de Mayo. It's not really an American thing. No, but I how, know it's who celebrates it? Americans? How? Party? Yeah, like there's they're not celebrating Cinco de Mayo. They're I just like, Carlitos. oh, today we get drunk. St. Patrick's Day. Hey. Oh, today we get drunk. Um, isn't that the point of a lot of holidays? <laughs> a lot I of think folks. for a lot of people, yeah. But so so I I love the Fourth of July, and I I don't think there's anything wrong with loving your country. And and being proud of the country you live in, um, but I think the problem is when we look at our country in particular and say, "Won't you restore us to what we once were?" And it's like God wants better. God God's working for better. And so when we look at Jesus and we go, "Hey, we we should be for America," okay, like. I'm for Greenbrier County. I'm for West Virginia. I'm for America. Same team. Yeah, and by that we mean I want to see God's kingdom come and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven in Greenbrier County, in West Virginia, in America. So I tell everybody, my favorite thing in the Olympics, and it's so arrogant, 
But my favorite thing is when America wins gold, silver, and bronze, and so our flag is all three flags that are being raised. Do we make them listen to the national anthem three times? No, they only play the winner's national anthem, but it's just like they should. I absolutely love that. So much pride in me, but it's like I'm not looking for America's former glory. I'm looking for God's glory for his kingdom, and I want that to happen in America, and so that's what drives me in my life is God's kingdom being brought exactly what Jesus was talking about. His ministry, his teaching, everything was about his kingdom because he was his kingdom. Like the way Jesus was and what he stood for, what he taught, like that essentially is his kingdom. And I just want to make the association because you just jump, jump into it and think, well, blessed are the meek, they'll inherit the earth. Okay, meek means this and this and this type of person and then just move on. You have to put all these beatitudes in the context of God's kingdom. In the United States right now, even though we have some financial issues, you know, inflation and debt, stuff like that, not easy times. But compared to human history, compared to other countries right now, I I don't know, someone who's like make America better. That's that's what we need to do. It's it's almost like, well, why would they need God's kingdom? Think about it. Someone would be like, well, there's stuff. We have a lot of stuff in America. Um, you know, what we need is, like, liberty. Man, there's true liberty in God's kingdom. Like, all the good aspects of the greatest country on earth right now, the most powerful and influential country, United States, at its best is just a shadow, just a fraction of what Jesus was talking about. So let's not settle. I love Fourth of July, too. Love Fourth of July. I love America, dude. Uh, dude, Like, I cannot, I, like, I, I love America. Talk to Jesse about it. Um, for like years, I have made sure that I always have an American flag hanging outside of our house, not because I'm trying to, like, you know, America or anything like that. It's just I love our nation, and and I am for our nation, um, but I am for our nation in the way of I want to see God's kingdom come here in America as around the world. And, uh, and so that's it. You know, in the Great Commission— you know, hey, go to the uttermost part, parts of the earth. Start, start in your own home. Go across the street. Go across town. Go across state. Go across the country. Go across the world with the gospel. And so I want to see God's kingdom come. But I want to make sure, because I feel like there's this, there's this. Uh, it almost feels like competing views of um, to be a good Christian means you have to be, like, patriotic. And it's like, that's not actually true, Um you know, you can see the bad things in our nation and call those out and and still be patriotic and still love your nation. Or it's like, no, 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 we're kingdom first, and so we have to, like, want America to fall or something like that. You know, it's like, no, it's not. I think it's I love our nation. I love living here. I love celebrating the goods um, while we recognize the bads and, and work to change them. But my ultimate goal is God's kingdom come. And that's what in these Beatitudes it is, hey, here are kingdom mind and heart sets. Like, this is what our mind and heart and life should look like. This is, this is what my kingdom is going to look like. And I want to refer for just a moment back to Psalm. Uh, so Psalm 3711. So something very familiar. <laughs> Sorry. You, you know what I'm talking about? No, nah, just 711. 37. I, I, I know, but 11. you said 711, and I always, the second I hear 711, do you know? Dumb and Dumber? When I'm, he gets no, a, when I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you, Three guesses, okay. and you're not going to get it right. Bull. Three guesses. When I hear 7-Eleven, there's one word that comes to my mind. 
Ices. Good guess, but no. Okay. Uh, very big, good guess. Big no. gulp. Another very good guess, but no. Okay. 7 Eleven. Okay. Yeah, one so more guess. you're probably thinking about those late Friday evenings in downtown Cincinnati, hanging out with your friends, and you know, you just want to go get a big gulp, a Slurpee, and a hot dog. Dude, you were so close. So close. Taquitos. Ah! You were so close. They literally have the hot dogs and taquitos like right there. I was actually getting nervous because I was like, it was going to be my next guess. I'm trying to think, what makes 7-Eleven distinct other than the name? You were literally like, I was like, there's no way he might actually get it. What were those drinks called? They were slushies. Were they slushies? They had like Mountain Dew slushies and then cherry slushies. You pulled the lever. slushies, Slurpee. It wasn't an ice. Slurpee. Slurpees. Slurpees. You get like a large Slurpee Big and gulp. you could like mix them at the time. Because I remember, dude, Oceana, we had a 7 Eleven. That's where we would go and just. Did they have taquitos? Up. I didn't eat gas station food. Because I have standard. <laughs> I'm kidding. Oh, I eat gas station food like a boss. Like, dude, I'm notorious are... for eating gas station chicken salad too because it's not that bad. It's That's sketchy. dangerous. I know. But the taquitos are so good. It builds up my body's immune system. Um, oh, so, so. Psalm 37, 11, <laughs> and taquitos. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, so Psalm says something We're going to rename this podcast Slurpees and Taquitos. Please. Okay. That's very meek. Yep. I don't know. We hmm, might get called out on that. Um, but anyway, Psalm 37, 11 uh, says, But the meek shall inherit the land and delight themselves in abundant peace. So the meek will inherit the land and delight themselves in abundant peace. True peace, true wholeness, fulfillment cannot come from physical man-made thing, government, uh, all those things. Like true abundant peace, those that are inheriting something. And again, they keep referring to this meek person. They are inheriting something huge, massive, abundant peace and they're blessed and fulfilled in that. Something we cannot accomplish on our own merit. Something that we can't think of existence. It's something that only God, Jesus, can do outside of our capacity, too. Yeah, so I don't want to get ahead of ourselves either, because the next thing is blessed are the peacemakers. That's another beatitude. But you're talking about peace. Talking about, yeah, it rolls together, but... The, Peace, true peace, is only found in Christ and his kingdom. We cannot achieve peace. <laughs> like, think about the world. Like, what are we going to do? Like, how can we do that? So can there be peace um, in the midst of conflict? Sure. Okay, so what, what do you mean by that? How does that look? Peace in the midst of conflict. Well, for example, you take a big view of um, Western history from 1600 to now. It's like for the past 20 years, yes, we went to Iraq and Afghanistan, but we weren't full-blown total war against anybody. We've had amazing resources, a growing economy. Sure, when the economy shrinks a little bit, we all feel the pain, but it's still the biggest economy in the world. So it's like there are little pockets of no conflict, but it depends on what type of conflict you're talking about, internal or external. Yeah, and I think that's the thing is a lot of people think, oh, peace means everything in my life is good. But you're saying we can't achieve peace outside of Christ. So that peace is, it is an internal peace due to us having peace with God the Father in Christ. And it goes back to blessed are the meek. It's like 
blessed, fulfilled, totally satisfied. God smiles upon the meek, for they inherit, um, for they will inherit the earth. Paul Washer actually said that Jesus in this Sermon on the Mount using this was actually quoting. He said he, he takes that as a quote from Psalm. Oh, does he? Yeah, because what you just said, you know, uh, in Psalm, it, it's talking about the, the meek will inherit the land. Yeah, and abundant peace, too. It's not even just peace. Abundant peace. We can't even begin to imagine. But let's focus now on characteristics and qualities of the meek. Yeah, what is, what is meek? There's a really, really good line um, the from uh, it's a rapper, KB, and Christian rapper, and he said, you think being meek is weak. Try being meek for a week. And, and it, it's this idea of meekness is like, what, is, what do you think people get in their heads when they think of meekness? Weak, pathetic, sad, incapable. It's like here. Yeah, a little, little flimsy, a little, little, little scared. Yeah, nobody... <laughs> Like being a man and being like, I'm so proud of being gentle. It's like, ah, it's yeah. They think weird. of they think of meekness in a way of maybe they think of it like in Earthly. humility, but not in a healthy humility. Well, we do the same thing again. Man made earth, like man kingdom versus God kingdom. Meekness means two different things. So we think meek culturally. Look in a capitalistic society where you got to climb the ladder and you got to use, you got to manipulate, you got to be able to get your hands dirty if you want to advance. Um, nice guys finish last Green Day like Green Day song Uh, so this idea of someone that's weak is just stuck they make no progress it's frowned upon but yet here we have in Jesus and God Jesus and God (laughs) Jesus is near and future kingdom meek folk are the ones inheriting inheriting earth earth. inheriting too do you do you want to hear what John Calvin uh, defined meekness as? Uh, no, not Calvin. Oh. Yeah, of course. Yeah, like that guy knows anything. Um, he actually said uh, in his commentary about this, uh, he says, the meek, um, he means, talking about Jesus, he means persons of mild and gentle dispositions, which I think we could, we could start to go down a rabbit trail there and go, oh, there it is, the little weak, the little flimsy, you know, kind of. Yeah, like a little innocent lamb. Yeah, but lamb. he says, so they're mild and gentle dispositions who are not easily provoked by injuries, who are not ready to take offense, but are prepared to endure everything, anything rather than do the like actions to wicked men. Hmm. And so uh, Paul Washer actually teaching on this said that it's the guy who sets his eyes on Christ and heads that direction and is not easily swayed and is not easily turned and... And, and trusts God, and that meekness is, we talked about it this one, the humility in knowing that we have nothing in of ourselves. It's all God's work. It's all Jesus in us, and, and we're trusting him, and that meekness is like, I'm steadfast in him. It's not self-deprecation or self-defecation. Yep, neither of those. Self-loathing. Nope. It, it is a unique part of humility. Um, in Numbers, it refers to Moses as meek. Uh, Jesus is meek. So essentially, it's not talking about a person's power, per se. It's 
almost like Jesus, the most meek person ever. Like meek, meek, you know, to be lowly, to humble yourself. The opposite of arrogant. That's that's kind of I, I, the best anonym I can. I didn't look at a thesaurus because lame. I'm not a nerd. Dude, I do that so much. Yeah. I was nerd. synonyms for uh, synonyms for, but I, I guess the uh, anonym for meek would be. Now I'm gonna look up arrogant, synonyms for meek. Boastful, prideful. Like you know, yeah, we all know like arrogant. We're all arrogant sometimes, so it's easier to recognize other people's arrogance than it is our own. Somehow we tend to be blind to our own arrogance. Oh, you want, you want to hear some synonyms? I absolutely want to hear some anonyms. Oh, but, but go ahead. We'll do both. Okay. Uh, well, I'll do the anonyms first because it's alphabetical. It's much shorter. Uh, impatient, assertive, overbearing. <laughs> okay, but s- similar, patient. Long-suffering, forbearing, gentle, reverent, peaceful, peaceable, mild, modest, humble, lowly. As I'm sitting here reading these words, verses are popping into my mind that, like, Jesus called himself lowly. Exactly. And I um, I don't know if it's Philippians 4 or 1 Peter 1. But anyway, um, it actually mentions lowly and weak together. This idea of someone who has strength and power, but instead of relying on their own abilities in that strength and power, they humble themselves. Well, what'd you... Friends, Darren just went, whoa. You got woed. Well, let's, let's, let's talk about two words here that they're saying are similar. One, I'm going to give you a word, and I want you to use it in a sentence. Acquiescent. I would be obliged to be acquiescent to your request. Isn't that a double positive? I would be obliged. Obliged is like, I'm going to do it. Acquiescent. What, I don't even know what acquiescent well, means. Well, take it up so. with Elizabeth Swan from the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie whenever she's talking to the pirates for the first time, right in the hello pulpit scene. Uh, she's, I, she's Did she? Uh, wait, wait. What is she? Somebody uh, said, I would be obliged to acquiesce at your request. What did, what did she claim? What did she claim? Yeah, when, when they opened Hello, Puppet, and she's like, and it's Parlay. Like, parlay, yes, parlay. I know what parlay no, is. No, she was Wait, trying to come up with the word, and he said it, and he looked over like, what are you doing? No, that was later on. That was Jack Sparrow, because he got hit in the head with that oar, so and good. they were about to kill him. He's like, parlay. Oh, yeah. Oh, you mean parlay. He's like, what are you doing? I need to watch those again. It gets to the point okay. where they're like, next person says parlay is going to get their head chopped off. So here's the... Um, the one that left, I was like, oh, dang, because I'm reading through this list uh, like a lamb to the slaughter. Sounds familiar. Wow. But this, like everyone, friends listening right now, they do have many personal strengths in their character. So here's what it comes down to. Do we give those strengths over to God? Do we give our weaknesses over to God as well and allow him to use it? Or do we try to just rely on our own strengths and build up our own image around those that we you know, think we should be that particular type of image, if that makes sense. Because everybody has strengths and weaknesses, and the Holy Spirit can use both. And that's one thing I've realized about being a Christian. It's like there are some things that I think that I'm good at, I believe that I'm good at, but I probably absolutely am not. But there are some things that I'm terrible at, and I keep finding myself having to do these things that I'm terrible at. <laughs> 
It's like I cannot rely on my own strength because I don't really have much. I have to rely on the power of the Holy Spirit to accomplish or to, to work through those situations because I can't. My strengths I will only use for my own glory. My weaknesses I run away from. And here comes, you know, the, the Holy Spirit being like, hey, I'll use both. Whatever you give me, I'll use. And that is humbling, which makes me appreciate other people as well. I can't, I don't want to be the person to go, oh, so-and-so is so bad at this. Be like, well, they did it. Yeah, and I think this goes to, it, it flies in the face of our culture in so many different ways because we've heard this, I've heard this among, and I'll say the religious crowd, um, because it's kind of, it stretches from people. I've heard it in churches uh, that I've been a part of all the way across the board to other uh, religions as well, that uh, God helps those that help themselves. And it's like, that's, that's not meekness. Um, that's not humility. That, that's going, oh, I'm going to help myself, and therefore God will help. No, the meekness is I've got nothing of my own, and so I trust God. And then Go ahead. You know, John Piper um, pretty much said the same thing, but totally better. <laughs> well, he got it from me. <laughs> so. He was talking about someone someone who's meek knows that they have an eternal, unspoiled inheritance upcoming, like a million dollars upcoming. Um, why would they hold on to the $20 now in their pocket? Like, they're happy with that because they know that up and they're happy they're blessed because of it that adds is like it doesn't matter what i have what i don't have what i can do what i can't do because whatever happens on the other side of jordan whatever happens in glory but i think that goes to the inheritance of the earth part yeah is, what does that mean earth like physical earth so so this is the way i i i go with what you just said from piper that hey you've got this you know 100 billion dollar inheritance coming and so the 20 bucks in your pocket, you don't care about. It's like, hey, I'm, I'm happy with the 20 bucks in my pocket because I know I've got something better coming anyway. So like, hey, the house I live in right now, I'm cool with it. You know, Paul said, I found no matter what situation I'm in, I'm, I'm content. The real context of I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength? Yes. <laughs> There's a series on Right Now Media called 10 Verses, uh, the 10 Most Misunderstood Verses in the Bible. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, our group is actually going to go through it here shortly, but um, but it's this. Uh, we, we've been talking about that kingdom coming. We see that kingdom coming. Therefore, we are more we are more satisfied in the lot in life God has put us in now, because we recognize it as temporary. And so, we're meek, we're humble. We're like God, wherever you put me, that's where I'm going to be, and. And I'm not upset about that because I know the inheritance I have. I know the kingdom that's coming. And so that meek will inherit the earth. It's the very people that the world would see as the least. Like, they've the least got among nothing you. coming their way. Like, they're, you know, it would seem like they're letting everybody step all over them. And what do you mean? You haven't monetized your own talents and self-branded. Yeah, they're letting people take advantage of them. And how could they? Why spend your you life serving? That, you when just gave that car away. Yeah. It's when like, yeah. why why spend your life serving when you can you know build up your own empire? And it's like the meek will inherit the earth. The very people that the world look at and go go look at Hebrews. What uh, the Hall of Faith is that Hebrews eleven. Mm-hmm. Hebrews eleven. Um, you go through that whole list of the heroes from Scripture, and at the very um, 
towards the end of the list, it, it starts talking about all the ways they died. And then it has this sentence in it. It says, and the world was not worthy of them. Mm. The very people the world would look at and go, what a waste, are the very ones that are going to inherit the earth. We are co-heirs with Christ. And so that new heaven, that new earth turned over to Christ, uh, you know, and, and his, we will rule and reign with him forever. Uh, just reading through a little bit of Acts. So the first martyr, Stephen, he gets brought before, oh, what was it called? The Sanhedrin? Uh, who is the, the judgment folk? Like those guys saying he yeah because that's or that was like the collection the uh, yeah, Pharisees, the Pharisees Sadducees, Sadducees all those guys and you know why they were called Sadducees because they were sad you see <laughs> Christian humor uh, joy Jesus over you oh I got to use a Christian cliche the other day I saw on a T-shirt Paul Walsher did you mention him he he's used this before as stay away from Christian Christian cliches, just use scripture. <laughs> it's like, live your life so your pastor doesn't have to lie at your funeral. <laughs> but yeah, so no, Stephen, like. <laughs> so Stephen, after knowing that a bunch of his disciples, other friends who have like-minded faith have been beat up constantly and warned not to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ, he gets brought before everybody and he just rips them apart <laughs> in Acts 7, talking about the glory of yep. Jesus and how all they've they, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, <laughs> how they have literally killed, literally, they killed every single prophet, and they did the same thing with the Holy One. Made them, made him so mad, they go out and they start stoning him. So he's dying. They beat him up, drug him outside, and they're stoning him to death. And he looks up and sees Jesus at the right hand of the Father. And he smiles and says, um, into your hands, I give my spirit, and then die. That's the last thing he thought of. That was the last thing he saw. So the fact that someone could boldly proclaim truth. Again, these are lowly folks. Like These are backwoods fishermen and not necessarily the highest on the social ladder back in those ancient days. Pretty lowly creatures. Lowly guys. Yep. Standing in front of these powerful bodies, proclaiming the truth because that's what someone who's meek does. They're humble. Like, seeing some, like this is bigger than me, and I have to say it. And while dying, slowly, agonizingly, looks up in peace. There's peace in that chaos. It's unworldly. It's insane. And that is given to us as an inheritance uh, just from the grace of God. That is incredible. It's discouraging to look around the world. Obviously, America is the best country, in my opinion. Super biased. I think our Constitution is the best governing document that's ever been um, ever been written down, ever been abided by. And as much as I love America, if someone thinks that, if they have their hope in man-made stuff, it's like, that's the best you got. That's the best you got. Because yeah. there is still poverty. There is still, I mean, people shootings all over the place. Uh, it's an issue. It's a big issue. Yeah. Um, everybody's yeah. at everybody's throat. It's like, really? Best country on the planet right now. And it's like, that's the best we got. Man, there's something better. There's something so much better. And by humbling yourself and accepting it, you can experience that freely because God is that good and gracious. And that's that m the meek will inherit the earth uh, is recognizing such a greater kingdom um, with Christ as the head uh, and, and the ruler and, and humbling ourselves before him. We then 
uh, man, life just begins to take on a different light, and it's so much more. And that's why the whole blessed, you know, you were talking, you know, God shows favor yeah. in the the beatitudes are all about the blessed is the blessed is the, um, and that's that you know fulfilled in Him, happy are you know we are shown favor in God's eyes. It's it's so awesome. And so yeah, I think that's the you know a lot of times we the meek shall inherit the earth. And we're like okay, what does that actually mean? And when you start digging it in, man, that's powerful. It is that's powerful. instead of looking at a meek lowly person and haha loser, be like oh man, I'm jealous of that person. And we, we all know people like this. I, I pray that I'm one of them. We see people go through difficult times, hard situations, you know, witnessing someone go through something. I think to myself, wow, I could, man, I could only imagine, like, going through that. But they are at peace. Of course, they're unhappy with the situation. There is grieving and pain, obviously, but they're not, to their core, shaken or disrupted. It's just, like, you can't shake that person. Their eyes are fixed on Christ, and we're heading that direction. Yeah, just to the end, Stephen, the first martyr. That's just, I don't know, that story had peace in the moment when they were throwing rocks at him. That's nuts, man. I want yep. that. Yeah, yeah, growing, growing in that for sure. Any last words? Dude, that's it, man. I, I, am, I am really – usually I just kind of come in and go off the top of my head. But this one, I was so intrigued because I've like, I've preached this before, but it was almost like in collection with the other Beatitudes. But this one, I was like, I'm going to spend some time just listening and researching and reading. Um, and I was like, man, I'm really glad we're doing this series uh, to give me more understanding um, of what it means uh, for the Beatitudes. So, yeah. And that was the crowd that Jesus was speaking to. He was speaking to the lowly, the downtrodden, the poor, um, and giving them hope not those that already felt like they had everything and just wanted a little extra add-on so they can have even more. Hey, and I've learned that I can be just as happy with a taquito and Slurpee as with some massive buffet of food. So, meekness. I just remember Mountain, Mountain Dew Slurpees, Cherry Coke Slurpees. We would get crazy and mix them. What? Dun, dun, dun. You never mix the Slurpee, dude. Everybody's mixed. Yeah, everything. they have that. Like, s- they have that spoon straw thing. A little little shovel at the end of a straw. Oh yeah, it's like half a spoon, half a straw. Instead of being like the best of both worlds, it's just half as good as each world. Growing up, we <laughs> called you'd mix all the fountain drinks together. We called it a suicide. I don't know what everybody else called it, but we called it a suicide. So have you ever done it with a buffet? I, no, <laughs> I cannot stand for my food to touch. I took a bet one time. I was uh, working at a country club. And someone took a big cracker or, like, a wafer that um, was left over in the buffet. And the best thing about being a banquet server, I was not really a banquet server, but I would help out whenever they needed to, like a larger group or something like that, is you could eat the rest of the buffet. A little Uh-oh. secret food and beverage, like, usually, you get, to, you get to partake, and it's awesome. But someone took a wafer and piled everything on it to make a joke. And I walked in, and oh. someone was like, Adam, I'm going to give you $20 to eat it. And I, just, okay, I didn't think bucks. about it. I was like, give me the 20 bucks, And I ate it. It was terrible, Ugh. and the bartender, Tyler, he hands me the $20, and there was someone else. I forgot who it was. It's like, here, you deserve 10 more. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> so I made like 30 bucks. So I, w- I just didn't think about it, and it didn't phase me. I will go back to the buffet five times to keep my food from, oh. from touching. Oh, I do too, but I was trying to make a joke, Darren. Well, <laughs> and when I, I went to a buffet with a guy one time, 
and he sits down, and there's just a pile of food on his plate. It's just piled. And there's a hamburger bun, just a bun <laughs> sitting there. And I went, his name is Janny. I said, Janny, you usually put a burger on that bun. And I'm not kidding. He goes, it's in here somewhere. He goes, it's like the prize at the bottom. Ooh, it is soggy. And, and tastes by like the all time the he food, got no. all the way through, like when he got to the burger, no. it was like covered in everything I, else. Okay. Uh, this is one reason why I hate condiments. I don't like something to be soggy when it wasn't originally soggy. I don't like soggy anything and just gross. It was like covered in like noodles and gravy. and <laughs> Dude, I'm, I really feel sick. <laughs> hey, you know my favorite buffet? You know my favorite buffet? You can probably relate. Kid of the 80s, 90s. Pizza. Oh, see, I said, hold on. Okay, no, I get you. Pizza, definitely. Well, what would you or what would, would be your guesses? Well, kid of the 90s, but growing up for me, it was Ponderosa. Okay, Ponderosa. Steakhouse, yeah. That was actually my first job, too. Oh, really? In, working in the buffet at Ponderosa. But Pizza well, Hut. Pizza Hut used to have, in Pizza Hut in Oceana, we'd go there often, and you get, like, the, the pizza, pizza buffet Hut. with that dessert pizza over buffet. there. And their salad bar was always really good. But here's the risk you run with buffet. It's like... Have some of this here uh, chocolate pudding. You start eating, and it's like, why is there a pineapple in my chocolate pudding? Dude, that's what uh, Gold Crow, they don't do it anymore post COVID, but they always had the chocolate fountain that it was one of those little chocolate fountains. And then there was a lot of things around it that you could, you took a skewer and you would put something yeah. in the chocolate, put on your plate. And Gavin, Gavin used to love it. And he said he couldn't do it anymore when he was at a, a Golden Corral. And he looks <laughs> over, and there's this little kid, unattended by their parents. No, don't say it. Shoving their hand in the chocolate, oh. licking the chocolate off their hand, and then shoving their hand Might back well in the chocolate. Might as well just stick your face in there. And then and he's like, I can't do it anymore. You know, I recently, in the past few months, I cannot think of the details. I read an article about a fight that broke out at, um, it used to be Ryan's, Golden Corral. And Beckley. Hold on, listen. There was a fight over... A dude cut me off. I was going for the last steak. That was your steak. He grabbed that steak. It's time to fight. Absolutely. You just smacked that... Anyway, I can't have... We... <laughs> what happened, though? I don't know. They're just, um, fight the there was a fight over the oh, something at the buffet. I guys, can, really, really, guys, we're going to fight over the... the last baked potato, and that was their baked potato. That was probably the meat thing, because I, I, we went to Ryan's a lot in Beckley growing up. And dude, when they brought, which I stuff think is Golden Corral now, right? It is Golden Corral. Yeah, but they used to do the slice meat, get the sausage, yeah. they'll chop it for you, which I always enjoyed that. Good and, stuff. Uh, steak, yeah. So I, I get where they're coming from. I'm not justifying that fight, but I look. If someone took, it's a buffet, and you, the only buffet I can do anymore now is like a Chinese buffet, like the China buffet here in town. Or yeah, what is it called? Golden No China Gate China. China Palace. Palace, China Palace buffet. That that's the only one I can do anymore because you get stuff on that buffet that you don't get on other ones, and I'm just like, it's different. I, I, I just love, can't do buffets anymore. I love Chinese buffet when I'm in the mood for it. Like oh, that's if, if I'm in the mood for it, I want it bad. But it's not something like, hey, where do you want to eat? A lot of protein. Well, we can either go to a lot of carbs. We can go to Hill and Holler or Chinese buffet. It's like it never really comes up until you wake up one morning you're like, I want buffet of Chinese. I never think about it until I go to meet somebody and they're like. Hey, do you want to meet up for lunch? Yeah. Trying to buffet. I'm like, yes. Let's go. So I'm going to go meet the Henson narrative at Arby's here in a few minutes. Hey, friends, thank you so much for bearing with us through this, whatever that last bit was. I don't know. We're Baptist. <laughs> buffet Baptist. Uh, give us your feedback. Love to hear from you. Hope you were blessed by this. 
uh, topic in the conversation. Keep the conversation rolling. Uh, talk to your family members about meekness. Challenge yourself. Talk to us about it. We're all in this together. You're awesome. See ya. Yeah.